Hey, it's the rage. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, you have now tuned into the inaugural episode of Fuck You, Pay Me. Um, guys, I know that sounds really aggressive. Please take no offense. Um, but it's really, it's really a lifestyle. Um, and it, if you're not familiar with it, I'm gonna hip you to the game, right? But anybody who's ever made something for themselves has had to low-key abide by this lifestyle at some point in time. Um, But before we get into that, before we get into that, I want you to know what I'm thankful for, okay? I always want to start off an episode with gratitude, okay? So, I'm just thankful for the universe and God. I'm thankful um, for, you know, just another opportunity to share and uh, to learn. And I'm really super grateful for Ruby Mountain, who is producing this podcast. So without Young Rubes, uh, it would have gotten to you a lot later than soon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, bless her soul. All right. Uh, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those are all the thank yous. You can never say thank you too much. There can never be enough gratitude. Okay. Word to your mother. Uh, And then (laughs) next thing that I will love to do every episode to just get us started and going is to start us off with a quote that has something to do with the episode uh, and hopefully will help you in some way, shape, or form, and I'll probably break down at some point in time. Bam! Here's the quote. Let's do it for Black History Month! Okay! <laughs> okay, last month, guys, last month, it was a holiday. Stevie, our beloved Stevie Wonder, made a song for this man. And then this month, where would we be without him? You know what I'm saying? So this quote is coming to you live and direct from (laughs) Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, here it is. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. He didn't say period, but it's heavily implied. It was the end of the sentence. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, hmm, hmm, hmm. What could that have to do with this episode? This first episode, uh, which I have titled Transitions. Well, um, I think everybody can see how uh, that flying is... you can see how it sets up from the fly to the run and the way. it you know natural but more technically i think it's about how life there are so many transitions there's life to death right there are new jobs there are new relationships um there are old relationships there are avi- uh, uh i mean advocating for an older part of you to 
be brought into a certain time, you know what I'm saying? Or to let go of that part of you. You know, they're all different types of transitions. And um, especially as an artist, which uh, this podcast is primarily geared towards, uh, and just people who are creative in whatever they do, Um, entrepreneurs, you know, Uh, grinders, if you will, (laughs) no app involved. There are so many things that you have to do to level up, so to speak. Um, But there are seldom ways in which people tell you how. Uh, And sometimes there's not a direct how, honestly. You know, everybody is purposed to do something. And we can't really, like, tell each other how to do their thing. But we can be ourselves so mother effing well that it inspires somebody else to be themselves so mother effing well and uh you know therefore that for therefore <laughs> gibberish 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 um we'll cut this part out i don't know it is lagging <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it. Yeah, um, you know, in life, there are a lot of transitions. There are transitions in love, in life, uh, in relationship, relationships, in jobs, um, in duties, all different types of things. And it's really important that, you know, we do our best to kind of be our own guide. So if somebody's had an experience, somebody's been through a thing, and uh, they're willing to share their testimony, so to speak, um, as an artist, as a creative, as a writer, as a filmmaker, as a musician, as all these things that I feel like I am, um, I'm going to ask that person who I also feel like has done it better than me um, on this podcast, like, how, how did they get to that point where they were able to say, you know, fuck, fuck this corporate America job, or did they, you know, maybe they're still doing it, maybe they still doing corporate mayor you know and at the same time they're living out their dream because they wouldn't let um what people said that they were supposed to do clout what they felt and knew that they were purposed to do you know so we're just trying to get to the bottom of it real real scooby-doo like okay um and uh just so like I'm keeping it a hundred with y'all and like I'm sorry I'm I'm gonna do a lot of accents I'm not even gonna hold you this is what I do it's natural I've lived in a lot of places I like the way people talk I don't like people all the time but I like the shit that comes out of their mouths so I like to sound like them sometimes so it's gonna jump around jump 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 and eventually um, I'll have uh, licensing for all the sounds and songs that I and that is not today uh that was an original thanks okay so let's get into just so you guys know that i'm authentic i'm being real this is something that i actually do i just want to i guess tell you a little bit about myself tell you a little bit about my story um and let you know that during this point in time is usually when we're going to be interviewing somebody um and uh this segment for now it, it's it could change it's called original 
Yeah, that's what it's called. But sometimes it's gonna be like that person's story. You get it? Okay, cool. Heard you. Um, <laughs> so my story <sighs> of what brought me here to this point, really into this industry, is um, um, I was raised on the north in the North Shore of Chicago um, to. Jamaican, a Jamaican mother and a Nigerian father, and uh, I'm super chocolatey, and I was super fat. Actually, I'm still fat, but it's a positive thing now. I don't know. Shout out to Gen Z, because they... And shout out to the millennials, because we have been working on it. Body positivity is, like, not new. Like, we've really been pushing it. Like, I'm not gonna get into it right now, but mm, let's just all work together. Let's say that, Okay. So I just love the space that we're in where we're able to own all different types of body types and shades and skin tones and all of that. But when I was growing up, we were not able to. And um, my biggest want in receiving media and I, I was always obsessed with like autobiographies about like just just autobiographies and biographies. Like I just hated fiction. <laughs> any fake shit it was like did the shit happen or not um <laughs> but i loved autobiographies and biographies because I, I just loved learning about people's stories and it was really amazing to know that whatever i was reading like really happened and that there was ultimately going to be this character arc of overcoming um so that is like a super positive aspect of I'm so sorry people are rude and they like interrupted me while I'm like living my fucking life fucking assholes it's what happens though I'm sorry I got a text message um <laughs> but where the fuck was I in my story <sighs> um I'm gonna catch it Oh, yeah. So, like, man, really obsessed with autobiographies and biographies um, because, you know, there's just ultimately this character arc of overcoming some type of um, adversity and uh, also making an impact on the world. So um, that was kind of what I wanted to do regardless as a kid. Um, And I think because of the environment that I lived in, Um, I didn't necessarily know what my impact would be. I ideally thought it would be with helping people and in social change and social justice, probably like more political. But like by the time I was picking colleges, what I knew over everything was that like my spirit needed to be around black people, like a lot of black people. Um, (laughs) like I said, I'm from the North Shore of Chicago, um, uh, is a predominantly not black area. Let's just put it like that. And, uh, that part, (laughs) um, that's not bad, but Chicago is, um, anybody who's from there knows that Chicago is like, just the way it deals with racism is very unique. Um, there's a lot of segregation there's a lot of unspoken prejudice and you know that was how I was raised and it was frustrating um I didn't like 
seeing opportunities, um, go to the token, so to speak. I didn't like seeing uh, people's intelligence being assumed. And there was a lot of that where I was from. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I need to be with the best and the brightest. And at the time, there's this like big thing about Howard being the black version of Harvard. Um, which is like silly. Like it's not, it's just Howard. It's its own thing. Okay. And after you go there, you understand that. And Harvard's its own thing. And we compete against each other in, in, um, sports now. So that's hot. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, so, um, I left, uh, where I was from because I was like, you guys are, are hella judgy and like, I need to get into myself and like um because I felt like I was tricultural you know I'm living in Chicago as a first generation American and then one of my parents is from Africa and the other one of my parents is from the Caribbean um I consider myself mixed you know what I'm saying and uh fight me I don't know (laughs) I think the way we think about what mixed is is pretty cliche Um, but I can tell you there was no, um, situation in our house that went over easy. Okay. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, after being like, yo, you know, Chicago's hella judgy, man. And you get into my soul, my, my roots, my root chakras, um, all that, uh, went to Howard and I was like, oh my God, we're more judgy than anybody else. Yeah, it was just, it was a situation where I really love the brothers and the sisters that I made, but I really understood that sometimes we could be our worst critics, you know? Um, and, uh, but I'm thankful because it, at, while living in DC, which is a beautiful city, um, it used to be chocolate city. It's looking very not chocolatey. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, we can talk about it later <laughs> but uh <laughs> it 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 was an environment where you really saw go-go and culture and people and the community work in spite of the government and that sounds weird sounds really weird to say but taxation without representation unless you live there you do not get what that really means. And you don't get what type of um, subconscious attack it is on, on a person that lives there, which it's almost like saying like, hey, <laughs> you exist, but I really don't see you. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is people of color can relate to that. Um, the other reality is, uh, <laughs> the quirky queer person in your family or queer people can relate to that and artists can relate to that whoever the outlier is you can relate to just not feeling like you are worth the space that you take up um and so I think throughout my life I uh didn't really realize it but uh shout out to therapy 
I, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of all the space that I held. I was very uh, apologetic for the space that I took up and yet I wanted to be center stage and um how did that manifest you know what I'm saying somehow that made um me focus on you know maybe auditioning for a play or focusing on the theater department and that turned it into me focusing only on production um and I and I'm not mad at that so after I left Howard um I knew that I wanted to be in the industry, but I wanted to be knowledgeable. I uh, ended up going down to Atlanta, moving down to Atlanta and living with two awesome people, um, Wallace and Jordan. Uh, They know who they are. (laughs) I think it's weird if I put their last names out there, right? Right? Okay, cool. And uh, Jordan is out here living his best life. being uh Rafiki in um in Lion King overseas in France yes yes I said in France yes go ahead okay um and Wallace is out here teaching the kids in Florida and it's a wonderful thing so but at that point in time that was like 2015 I had to leave DC um uh a life transition had taken place Um, Earlier that year, my father had passed away um, pretty suddenly, and I had to get out of D.C., but I still didn't feel like I could go home. So, you know, a really impactful transition before that was just leaving Chicago to D.C. And, you know, that was like me blossoming from like a teen to like what I thought was a young adult. But here I was really being this fatherless daughter and being out in this world and just feeling like I had lost, um, you know, the air beneath my wings, so to speak. Um, and I knew though, you know, I wanted to make an impact on this industry. There weren't a lot of people that looked like me and there weren't a lot of people who were raised like I was. There weren't a lot of people who had the experiences I did. And why couldn't it be me? Why not me? Um, so I wanted to pick the best space that the most cost effective space that I could, um, do that. And that was Atlanta and, uh, Ooh, there are stories there. (laughs) Um, but it took a lot to leave DC. Um, definitely spend a little time unhoused. Um, and then, uh, thank you to the people who, you know, kept me in that time period. And then I was able to get down to Atlanta with Jordan and Wallace. And I went there initially with a lead uh, to head out to to Tyler Perry, to work for Tyler Perry Studios. This is all shade, okay? So somebody in their department of departments had found my resume, reached out to me, ba-da-da-da girl said we want to talk to you on monday girl monday came let me tell you they did and i'm i had to reach back out for the information the thing is i had known people who were working there so it's not like i didn't know t you know what i'm saying so anyways 
Monday came, they ain't even reached back out. Like I had to reach back out. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll schedule, we'll reschedule, blah, 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 blah. This then the third, we'll tell you where, where the studios are. This and never got back to me. I was trying to chase their tail. And for what, honestly, the content, a poo poo. Um, <laughs> there are a few things that the studios have made that I have enjoyed. Um, but I respect him for building because honestly, he had to have a fuck you pay me mindset and li- live that lifestyle to get to where he is. And so, although I may feel some type of way because he did not initially hire me, I went on this wonderful roller coaster of a journey in Atlanta working for music videos and weddings and um, interviewing people. Um, and like, uh, shoot. I remember I was geek cause I was in a uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam's house. Homie, I was, Oh, Ruby. <laughs> oh, I mean, who doesn't as a little chocolate girl want to be like, Oh my gosh. Like I met, I met Keisha Knight. Pulliam. I worked with her. Like it was a thing. It was a moment, you know, that was awesome. But then I like also worked on an R Kelly music video. So it's like, highs and lows you know (laughs) it's hollow laughter Hmm. (laughs) um so atlanta was cool and there is this lady i was working on a wee tv set called cutting it in the atl and there's this lady on the set who's wearing these fly ass red boots and so i befriended her and she told me about this other lady that was on the set and that these ladies happen to be like executive producers for WeTV and they offered me a job and I was like, should I take it? Um, I asked my sister that and you can seek advice from other people, but sometimes like you gotta, I didn't know yet then, but sometimes you have to go inside. You know what I'm saying? Am I mad about any of the choice turns and twists my life sure bro fucking kidding me it could have been a lot easier but at the same point in time i don't think that's why i'm here i'm not here to tell you an easy story i'm trying to tell you the fucking shits right so this story this version of the story is just even like me skimming over the top you know but let's get the cream out of the way So yeah, so I take this job offer in New York and I'm working at WeTV, which um, was one of the most corporately racist times that I've ever experienced life. It was really um, trash (laughs) Uh, on the record. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was it was the first time in my life, honestly, that I had ever experienced people wanting to be me so bad. And by be me, I mean being a black woman, being black, being cultured, being authentic. They wanted to be me so bad, but still could not necessarily find respect um, for me and or my authenticity to a certain extent. And then, it got messy, honey child. I don't even, mm, story for another time, story for another time. But it was definitely one of the weirdest moments in life. Um, and that soured my mouth, you know, 
but I was in an office all the time. I was editing all the shit. And what I did know is that I wanted to be on set. So the first thing um, that I ended up getting on was uh, the the get down, the get down man on uh, Netflix. And the first day, one of the first people that I run into is a Howard alum and awesome for uh, running into more Howard energy whenever we get around each other. You know how it is. Um, But, you know, there are highs and lows in those moments, too. You know, luckily he was super nice and we ended up doing some work together um, and I ended up learning from him. But there are all different types of um, moments that occur in production and um, sometimes they're not so sweet. Um, so working with him, he like put me on game and he was like, you know where you should be working production is pretty consistent. He was like accounting and payroll. And so he put me on accounting and payroll. And that is kind of what got me working in the behind the scenes more consistently whilst making my own product or working for friends and helping them with their products. Um, That's what's really kept me um, over the years. So uh, I lived in New York at first. I only wanted to make it a year, maybe two years. Started off in the Baruch houses and ended up living on 123rd and St. Nick. Um, Shout out to that apartment. Lovely apartment. Miss that apartment. (laughs) And uh, I ended up being there for seven years before I made this other transition, bro. Um, So, so far the latest transition. Um, and and God forgive me, um, as I transitioned from Atlanta to New York, my grandmother had passed. So that was another life transition. So for me, I was like running low on energy, right? But I also felt the fuel of their livelihoods motivating me. And sometimes, you know, especially in times like this, in months like this, where sometimes we're called to remember our ancestors in this unique way that is all it takes all it takes is you know having them pass to know that they're behind you um but sometimes sometimes you you don't grieve properly and i and i personally was just running you know i was doing everything in honor of people without taking a moment to honor myself which is really tough and um that's something that i learned in that transition um, so as I came to uh, L.A., I knew that, girl, this is the last time she could do it, baby. Okay, because picking up your entire life and moving across country, <sighs> however many times I had done it by this time, like four or five times, it's not cute. It's not cute. It's tiring. Um, there are some stipulations that I had for myself. I knew that I... I didn't want to come into this city without a full-time job. I didn't want to come into this city without housing. Um, And luckily, both of those things were handled. Amen. Yes. Um, So my transition job was actually, while I was working in payroll, I was also working as 
um, personal assistant slash like coordinator for Marseille Martin and Genius Productions. So shout out to the Martins. Um, that was quite the experience. Um, so I did that for a year and I learned quite a bit. Uh, and in that year, so many things happened, bro. In my first year, like, cause this is just this, we just teeing off my second year in LA, bro. In my first year in LA, B. In my first year, B. I literally three months into that mug. Was it three? Maybe six months in that mug. Hit by a car, bro. Hit by a car, bro. I can't. I can't. We can't talk about it. But like, still have to go through that paperwork. Okay. Like weird stuff was happening because also met Megan Good, yo. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, ah, I don't know what to tell you. It's like good and it's like bad. It's the highs and lows in these transitions, man. EQ of highs and lows. Uh, EQ. Oh, do you, big crit. Okay, I, didn't, I don't want to like spoil it for you. Some of you know, some of you don't. Um, but yeah, that's where that is from. Um, yeah, so like life has just been really interesting thus far and I was blessed with that job opportunity and then I was blessed with my homie my bestie out here for sure um Khalid who was able to hook me up with staying with his family before we got our apartment together so I mean (sighs) transitions you know it's been a lot and right now I'm gonna have to get into a space or I'm getting into a space where I'm really trying to set up new routines for myself and through discipline know that I'm practicing a different level of love for myself and and that's not easy to comprehend it's not easy to do um how do I how do I remember to do it Uh, (laughs) I try and remember by saying I'm trying to love myself into a different energy into a different point or to say like I've never loved myself like this you know oftentimes people ask for a certain type of love in the world that they do not give themselves they don't get you don't you can want a Birkin but if you don't give yourself Birkin type energy which I'm not even sure what that means not sure what that means you know like expensive highly uh manufactured highly dyed energy i don't know what that looks like for you but that appreciates over time but maybe that looks like a mani petty every two weeks i don't know you know but if it, if you don't put that care in if you don't maybe that looks like you know oil pulling you know maybe that looks like getting more flaxseed oil um or flax seeds into your diet uh but it looks like a lot of different things and we should talk about them right okay (laughs) um i think the hardest part though through these highs and lows i'm gonna be honest and this is why i want to talk about them is feeling alone and feeling like you know the the phrase figure it out was a a threat you know what i'm saying um where it's more of an invitation you know for like a really creative nuanced journey for yourself like something that's very 
custom made, so to speak, right? I can't tell you, you know, how your path has been or will be. No one can. No one can tell me. Um, but I'm really grateful for the people that have come into my environment and who I seek out to learn a little more about maybe how to approach something differently. Um, and you know, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what we're here, here to do. So ultimately we're just trying to make this like a helpful podcast, you know, and, um, you know, be a little petty sometimes, you know, so a little informational, you know, but we don't know everything. So we'd be a little sensational, you know, and we get it out there. Okay. So thank you guys for listening to this portion of the podcast where I tell you a little bit about my story or somebody else's story. Okay. So now this is a new portion, a different portion. We might change the words of it but this is a different portion because i watch a lot of tv movies i always have i'm okay with it i read sometimes worry about yourself um listen to a lot of music and this this is called neighborhood neighborhood watch so for now neighborhood watch is about 10 things that i have watched that i think are cool and or maybe i think they're corny but it's kind of like rapid fire. We're not gonna take too long to do this. I'm gonna give you a little blurb about each and every one of them. It's gonna be from the IMDb's. Um, I want you to remember a couple things as I give you this blurb. They call me one hit Susie. And that means that I record this podcast with as little, uh, little edits as possible because Part of what I'm trying to help y'all understand, bro, is like, you be fucking up, bro. Like, this shit isn't easy. It's not shiny and new and blah, 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 blah. Everybody got a podcast, blah, blah, blah. Everything's perfect. Suck my dick. It's not like that. It's not like that. Motherfuckers be underpaying you. There be no health insurance. I be seeing bums take shits in front of me. Like, shit isn't pretty. We're trying to make it beautiful, though and that that's that's worth something so i'm a little dyslexic so if i'm reading some shit sometimes it's gonna like not be perfect and i'm gonna stumbles but also in manifesting i will not stumbles okay it will be perfect as possible as the time requires that's what that affirmation says for me um so yes neighborhood watch okay guys so first up these this is something i really fucked with this is something i'm really like made sometime in like june of i mean 20 oh no i guess it aired then (laughs) 2021 apparently this bomb show called we are lady parts okay super awesome um, airs on uh, Peacock and basically um, it's a look at the highs and lows of a of the band member that the band members that make up a Muslim female punk band so that is very basic blurb but I want to tell you guys it's really funky it's cool if you're trying to see what the um, new girls are doing it, it feels fresh okay 
<laughs> now, 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 now. Up for my number two spot. Um, Loving Marriage Huntsville. <laughs> that is my fave petty watch. That's my favorite reality television show. I just watched the um, season reunion. The season, the finale episode of the reunion. The last I don't know what they call those anymore, but you know the you know where they're talking them shitty, uh, you know when they're talking shit about each other, you know that part that when that happens, yeah. Um, but they confront each other all at the end of the season. That's what I like to watch. Um, next up in the number three spot is a movie. Uh, oh, um, I'm sorry, Love and Marriage Huntsville airs on OWN and/or Hulu. Okay. Next up, number three spot, uh, Nanny, and that is a film on uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime, okay? Let me tell you. Nanny, beautiful. Immigrant na- Nanny, uh, Aisha, piecing together a new life in New York while caring for the child of an Upper East Side family is forced to confront a concealed truth that threatens to shatter everything. Um, cool. <laughs> Let me tell you what this fucking movie was about. I don't know what IMDb is talking about. I'm not listening to the blurbs anymore. They're corny. <sighs> Nanny is about how an immigrant came through to the U.S., came through to New York, right, from an African country, is intelligent as fuck, okay? From wherever she was, she was like a teacher or something. She was doing something dope. And she has a kid that she left with her sister back in Africa. So she out here hustling. She was like, no, I don't do hair. But she was like, I could be a nanny. So she's being a nanny to a bougie white family who may or may not have the money that they say they have. But the kid is dope. And nobody can resist Jalof Rice. That's a fact. And I like that this movie highlights that. So that's my blurb. Okay, fuck out of here. Okay, number four is sort of oh god this is one i just finished watching this not gonna hold you it's on hbo max okay um uh it's like okay again imdb let me tell you what it said it's corny follows a gender fluid millennial who straddles various identities exposing the identities and labels that are no longer applicable corny that is not the fuck this show is about okay this show is about, I'm pretty sure he's Indian, respectfully, okay? If I am wrong, correct me. But an Indian they who is trying to help his fucking family understand what it is, okay? But also trying to get to a point where they advocate for themselves, truly, um, as, as a love as a lover like a person in their loving relationships but also like in their friendships and also just like in the world and where they get money so check it out it's really unique because honestly we don't always get insight into how different cultures deal with um different life transitions and sometimes sexuality is a life transition guys okay cool awesome i think i'm on number five let's go number five Okay, hacks, get into it. Both hacks and um, sort of are on HBO Max and they both have two seasons. So if you have not seen them, 
this is perfect because you have ample shit to watch all right so <laughs> hacks is about a fictional comedian lady comedian named deborah vance the best i could compare her to is maybe like a roseanne bar if we did not cancel roseanne what would a world be like if we didn't cancel roseanne and if roseanne then went back to stand up okay cool caveat so she's like a white wanda sykes maybe she's like a 20 years older chelsea handler all right i think you get the picture so that's who she is and long story short she gets like this 25 year old younger lady comedian who's queer you know a part of the team and she helps her make her her comedy relevant again i know that sounds super basic but bro when i tell you just imagine the work it would take to make eddie murphy relevant again sounds like a dig but anybody who understands comedy knows it's the truth um uh oh next up i think we're at six the drop now see i don't like that see i don't like that see you can't be looking at fucking ratings bro because imdb done rated this hella poorly but i'm gonna tell you something this movie is on it's called the drop it's on hulu this movie is the best look in my perspective at mildly unhealthy thoughts that are associated with interracial relationships it talks about it without talking about it whilst talking about it you know what i'm saying and i'm not gonna tell you what they drop right right but it's it 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 makes it reminds us that we're actually all just human you know what i'm saying and we're actually all just trying to figure out the best way to love and we might not know how to do it and there's a lot of shit that people don't talk about before they get married which is ludicrous um but the drop i suggest that hit that up it's a little comedy okay now if you're into getting um disturbed you want a little spicy documentary you know that's like oh my god can not let this hop on um you can check out god forbid on hulu um now let me tell you this one is about some young miami cutie who's working at some little hotel in miami i believe in florida and his seven-year relationship with the older women named becky fawell i don't know her husband is like a preacher like a mega preacher who was like associated with trump and all this other stuff so you're like how is she having that seven-year affair ain't nobody know about it let me tell you who know better her husband know about it get into it that's what i'm trying to tell you so you need to watch this movie wonder how figure it out figure out how he knew about it and he was cool with it maybe in the in the little um the little uh what's his name his name's like Juan 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 Carlo Juan Carlo it's probably Juan Carlo but I'm not I'm sorry respect respect to that young man who was taken advantage of but anyways yeah he was out here on private jets hanging out with the president all this nonsense former president respectfully um I don't have any time for the goons to come with me okay but yeah you guys should check that out that's on Hulu okay 
Next up, here's the mixed bag pick, all right? White Lotus, first season, I'm impartial to. Felt like, America, we never really talk about issues. We always like dance around them. First issue, first season is very much that. Okay, second season, I think the script, Eric White, all of them, they really start to play. And honestly, if you guys watch the Golden Globes, if you paid attention to any of that jazz, you saw Jennifer Coolidge get her, uh, get her young Golden Globe. And Jennifer Coolidge from American motherfucking pie and shit, from Legally Blonde and shit, this character actress motherfucking, let me tell you, I used to look at her face and be like, God, what is your face doing that thing? It's like all scrunched up in the air. But also, like, is there anything else you can play? Because you always play this person who's like, <laughs> with the scrunched up face, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just, I'm telling you how I feel. And not only did she have levels whilst playing in this, sh- this show, it was just so authentic and so deprecating in, in, in a cool way. Um, that you really do understand why she won her award and uh, what I don't know why 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 this series is getting so much hubbub. Okay, now right, we're almost to the end. I don't even know what number on uh, maybe seven, eight, yeah, eight, nine, ten. Okay, yeah, we're on eight. Okay, Glass Onion. Nobody wants to hear this. I'm gonna say it. Ugh, see, you can't trust ratings. They're out here trying to score this motherfucking kind of hard. Anyways. Glass Onion, Knives Out Edition, trash, thanks. Don't watch it. It's not really necessary. Uh, The only thing that makes it cool is all the people in it, which is pretty much what they thought we would bank on. And like, if you really break it down, all the people in it just have like two good lines each. So if you have time to waste to like get, how many people are in this bitch? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, Uh, 18 good lines out, then watch it but highly don't suggest. It's just like, unfortunately, Janelle was not able to keep up those two accents. She just was not, she was not able to do it. Um, number nine, Koala Man. Yeah, we went to cartoons. Fuck with me, fuck with me. I love cartoons, I love them. I still watch lots of cartoons. Keeps the mind young. Um, Koala Man? follows a family father who lives in a not-so-secret identity um, as the titular hero who possesses a burning passion to snuff out petty crime. Okay, yeah, I don't know what that's about, but long story short, it's giving, um, it's giving, hmm, Solar Opposites meets, um, American dad. Essentially, this guy, he thinks he's a superhero. He's a dad. His family hates him. Much like mm, a little family guy, I guess, energy, you know. (sighs) And he's out here just trying to stop petty crime, like people littering and shit like that. And in order to do that, he wears a koala bear mask. Um, Yeah. Um, Usually in the episode, things get worse. It's just not my favorite. Let me just tell you something. I'm overseeing generically white families in cartoon. Please animate me something different. That's to all the animators. Um, oh, <laughs> so rude. But they're kind of right. Okay, last but not least on this. 
Neighborhood watch list um, is Velma. All right. Yes, indeed. Mendy Kaling, we're back to HBO Max, came out with a cartoon called Velma. Um, I'm a really huge Scooby-Doo fan, and I respect this. There are only two episodes out. I'm going to keep watching. I respect it, but it's on the nose. The jokes are a little too on the nose, okay? I suggest you guys watch the Safe by the Bell reboot, and um, then you watch this, and you see how they both are trying to like bring the hood into the environment, and it, and how... Maybe one does it a little better than the other. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it for Neighborhood Watch. Thank you, guys. Um, I hope you check those things out. I hope you have some thoughts about it. If you do, hit me up on my social meds um, with those thoughts. Uh, last but not least, we're going to get into the final portion of the, sh- the show. It's not really big. It's not a big portion. Um, a small portion, but it, it, it's mighty. And it is called babe's mouth okay cool you know out of the mouth of babes right uh some of the old heads would say that you know when a child spoke great truth you know and you were like shit i was expecting you to say that child um but uh i guess for this inaugural episode um it's not that hard to make our lives better Um, unfortunately, it would be most ideal if everybody chipped in, right? But the first step to doing that is to practice kindness. And kindness does not mean being likable or any of that other shit. Kindness, um can just be being kind to yourself saying nice things to you not cursing yourself out when you like forget something kindness can be you know like cleaning up your space cleaning up a plate that you know just so your mom doesn't or your dad or whoever your mate kindness can look like so many things but if we just took time to figure out how to practice that in everything we did shit wouldn't be so damn hard I promise you. All right. Well, these are the breaks. Uh, thank you guys again for joining me on uh, Fuck You, Pay Me. And uh, hope to see you next week. Oh, I mean, shit. Nah, I'm lying. We do this only on the 1st and the 15th. You see how quickly I forget? Um, that's usually people's paydays. That's usually when bills get paid. And I just think you deserve a little blessing on that day, right? So that's what it is. All right? Peace.